Shia sympathizers, it's time to dust off your starter jackets, rip off those tearaways, and blow into your game cartridges. I'm Sam Blanford. I'm Pat Sellers. I'm Sean Kelly. And we wish it was the 90s. I gotta say, lads, things things go pretty well for the podcast. You know you've cracked podcasting when you post an episode and get attacked by bots asking you to uh, to go to their page and uh, for a shout out. Yeah, I reckon we take the tack of like pretending we don't know their bots and like trying to have conversations with them. And you just think we're more on. Well, you know, we, we you are, know what those but... bots would be good for Wolverine's claws. <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta look out. We're the only things we're allowed to ta- attack. <laughs> All right, dear listeners. Plenty of claws in these episodes. Yeah, I look. Uh, I've definitely got the um, what's it called? The mutant plague. Spicy cough. Yeah, spicy cough. <laughs> no random metal bits on my arms yet, but <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, I can pull it together without coughing my way through. It's hard to mute regularly when you're um, when you're the Grant Nisbet of the podcast. Um, <laughs> so we've got uh, out of the past one and two, and then we've just got five Phoenix Saga episodes. Um, and let's let's dive straight into out of the past, eh? Yeah, I thought pretty good episodes, eh? I quite enjoyed them myself. What do you guys think? I really like that we get another cold opening with Leech. Our old mate from the sewers. Mm, it's definitely my first note. Did you you enjoy these two, Sam? Yeah, I um these were two of my favourite from the seven that we watched. I um it's got a lot of Meg in them, so I was pretty happy. And old Mar Higgins makes an appearance at the start. Morlocks, Reavers. They're like my fa- those are all like my favourite sort of groups now, eh? I don't think I liked them when I was a kid. But I didn't know who that, they were, eh? I remember like watching them on this TV show and being like, oh, they're like in the sewers again with those yuck. <laughs> yeah, I always hated the Morlocks when I was a kid. And on the X-Men Legends uh, PlayStation 2 game, hated the Morlocks levels. Um, yeah. I want more but yeah, let's, 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 yeah, let's dive in then. So Leech is getting chased by um, weird army people, including some sort of tank man. Did you guys see the tank man? Yeah, mm. Bizarre. He was great. Yeah. Yep, and then we get the reveal of Lady Deathstrike, and I've written a question here. Is this the Reavers? And um, for your context, Sam, the Reavers are a bunch of people who augment their body with robotic parts to improve themselves for combat. I'm glad you said that because Pat's mentioned Reavers before and I had no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) And then it cuts to Gambit and... Meg playing basketball, which I've got a lot of time for. Go for the hoop, Gumbo. That was awesome. <laughs> a little bit of a white man can't jump type vibes as well, keeping it in the 90s. Yeah. Definitely um, a trope of X Men comics. Whenever there's downtime, they're usually playing sport. Historically, it was always baseball or softball, but in the 90s, they really ramped up their basketball playing. Beast loves his baseball. Remember those photos from when he was a teen? That bat over his shoulder. It's mint. Um, and uh, they get a phone call on the basketball court phone. Um, and um, who, I don't know who says it, 
Man, we got to. Is it Logan? Is it Meg? Go man, on, we got to talk to Storm about who we who we give our number to. <laughs> call, call from the Morlocks, and it's Leech has a message for Logan from Mariko. Um, and then it appears as though the Reavers have killed Leech, but he's just trapped. Sorry, just go back. Um, in that when they're playing um, basketball with their tops off, Amber is jacked. Like, Absolutely, yeah, man. Just as jacked as Wolverine. But if you look at him with his, uh, do you call them civvies, Sean? Yes. Yeah, civvies. When, he, when he's got his civvies on, he looks quite like tall and slender. And quite mm. lean, eh? I was like, far he is jacked. This is something going on here. He's like a. It's worth pointing jacked. out. I th- yeah. yeah. Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Flanders. Them feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. <laughs> Stupid sexy um, It's worth pointing out because they are both really shiny Especially Gambit's really shiny in the basketball Seems to be a bit of a change in the animation This season and I noticed it Especially in these first couple of episodes You notice it heaps when they go into the tunnels Gambit's costume's changing colour all the time it's, His pants are blue Sometimes And they do just look a lot shinier uh, But anyway um, So So Logan gets the message, or sorry, Meg gets the message from Leech from Muddycore, um, and um, Gambit says, uh, "This whole thing stink. Why Leech call instead of Callisto? Gambit's nose say it a trap." <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to use smell powers now. He's seen yeah. her powerful. And there. then um, Wolver Meg takes off and tells um, no one to come because it's personal and everything personal with that one. Yeah, that was good. And then um, um, I don't even remember what Jubilee's saying, but I've just written down Gambit's yawn response to Jubilee is how I feel whenever she speaks. <laughs> That's harsh. She's a kid. You'd take her out of the. Yeah. They could take her out, and they would lose nothing. Yeah, she, she shouldn't be allowed on missions either. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so Wolvie's off to the sewers, and Gambit and Jubilee follow, and. Oh, yeah, the, the Gambit's costume's looking bluer and bluer with every turn. Um, and they go, uh, which way do you go? And there's, there's a cut-up little entranceway into the sewers. Wolverine leave his calling card, huh? And then we get a Wolverine and Yuriko flashback. These are good. I really uh, enjoyed the flashbacks. Yeah, you get, you get Maverick in there, his old uh, Weapon X partner or whatever. Uh, maybe pre-Weapon X, and we get some smelling powers, and we get some lazy blasters, and then we get Wolverine captured and turned into Weapon X. Maybe mm. some, some 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 stuff recycled from the uh, Repo Man episode. Yeah, a little, and a, a little bit a uh, little bit skipped over was the uh, I'll come back for you, and is immediately you think, yeah, he didn't go back for it, did he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a poor animation uh, job um, that they are. Obviously, trying to make a muddy core look Asian, and just they've just made her face jaundice. Did I call her Yuriko just before? Uh, no, I think know what's, what's her name? I've got her, her name, name is Muddy Core. It's Muddy Core, but is I've written Spidey Fingers. <laughs> mm. Yeah, definitely. Yuriko is blanches. another character. Mm. Um, there's an Aussie Reaver. Um, whose Aussie accent yeah. is infinitely better than Pyro's. And mm. I was going to ask you, Pat, do you reckon that's, is that that guy Donald Pierce from the movie? 
I don't know, do you reckon we're going to switch it up and call him English like we did with Pyro, who had the English accent, <laughs> but tried to be Australian? You know, the English Reaver. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but I do appreciate they've gone for a couple of uh, Aussie accents. There was a guy in, is it Sinister's crew that was also Aussie? And it just made me think, I wonder if there's actually an Aussie in the, in the voice casting team. Maybe. Trying them in. If there is, he certainly butchered his pyro accent. No, they've definitely Ooh, got yeah. a Cockney English man in there too. <laughs> yeah, they just keep making him do Australian accents. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe the Aussie guy came on season two and the guy who's doing pyro is like putting his foot down. I'm pyro. I've nailed it. <laughs> um, right. Oh, damn it. Yeah, I've definitely got Yuriko and Mariko mixed up heaps here, so forgive me. Yeah. So anyway, turns well, out... Um, flashback with the uh, cool helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Yep, so we get all that, and then um, then we cut back to the uh, to the sewers and cyborgs. That's good news, because they're good for slicing. <laughs> um, Meg says, Ha! Huh, they're a bunch of tin cans. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you give your circuits a break? Um, and then we find out that Deathstrike is Mariko and she got cyborged so she could get revenge on Meg. Um, yeah, they're uh, the lair, lair. You call it a lair? Lair. Even, lair. Even lair. <laughs> uh, it's like a, lair. It's quite flesh, but they kind of look like they were like constructed out of, you know, used parts and stuff. They're like dumpster cyborgs or. Trash yard giant cyborgs, but they're yeah. I was I was quite surprised that they had such a flesh fit out when they made her big phalanges. <laughs> what is that? I can't I can't even process the phalanges. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so so we find out uh, she was the daughter of one of the Weapon X scientists, um, and then Gambit's pants change color again. Um, <laughs> And everyone's looking really shiny in the sewers. Uh, Gambit and Jubes jump in to help, and the theme song is still awesome. And then they cast all these random nets to catch everyone, but they obviously don't work on Gambit because he can just blow them up. But then Gambit and Jubes do get taken down. Um, Since when do we start calling her Jubes? She doesn't deserve a nickname. I apologize. one. We just haven't found it yet. It'll have like nothing to do with their it's, character either. It'll be something weird. It's sparkly powers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, sparkles. Sparkles. Um, so Deathstrike hits the ship, and then for some reason that's how Prof Professor uh, understands the message. Don't open the ship. And then Meg opens the ship. We get a nice little to be continued. Um, straight into it. Also, oh, just one thing that I did really like was because um, I always like it when they use their powers for like normal everyday stuff. I really oh, think course. Gambit could use uh, his powers as like a torch in the dark in the tunnels. Oh, yeah, that was cool. That yeah, was cool. I enjoyed that. He can obviously like stop it from blowing up. Yeah. Yeah, so he can just charge it and leave it steady at that whatever yeah. energy level. I don't, not, I don't think his powers make sense, but anyway. Not, <laughs> not like Bart's neighbor's dead husband who held a grenade too long. <laughs> oh, so what's for you? Um, right, so uh, 
the Aussie River. All right, boys, let's give ET a welcome. <laughs> I have that noted down as well. It was good. Um, uh, and all sorts of that. So it's like a weird energy alien thing. Um, Jubilee jumps in front of Gambit morph style. Are we in the second episode here, sir? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Did I miss stuff? Uh, definitely not. No, I was just um, figuring out where we were at. Cause, um, Sorry, mate. Meg is... Because is, does Jubilee get taken or something? She does. She gets the, the well, gets alien treatment. She gets the alien treatment shortly. That's right. So, yeah. she Maybe when she jumps in front of Gambit to save him. It's obviously uh, living up to Morph's legacy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyone who's touched by the alien gets green glowing eyes and some sort of coma. Um, then it cuts to Beast in a suit at an art gallery harassing some woman. Yeah, he's definitely blending in without his trench coat and Tom Landry hat. <laughs> uh, he gets a little Profex mind probe. Sorry, um, we, missed, uh, we missed someone caring about Jubilee. Which I didn't think any of the X-Men did, where um, <laughs> Meg's like, no, Jubilee! Maybe it's because she, she did a morph, and morph is the only guy Meg likes. <laughs> he saw a little bit of morph in her. He's like, she's okay. I've got a whole line of just, Jubilee! Handwritten notes for the listeners. Like, we can see them. Um, right, so the energy monster gets the Morlocks. Um, yeah, Meg's obviously gutted about Jubilee. Deathstrike says, worry about your whelp later. Um, mm. And then Jubilee talks to them via the uh, energy alien somehow, asking for help. Then it cuts the Scott and Gene on a date. And I know that everyone on this podcast thinks that that's awesome. And the professor can fuck off from ruining Not their me. date. Not me. <laughs> Fucking one eye. You guys, you guys can fuck off. Um, <laughs> I put fuck off one eye. Take your time getting those doggy bags. He's about he's about to be a real dick soon too. <laughs> I love it when the when the guy comes out and he's like, "Sorry to do this to you, Sydney, but we're going to have to get these to go." <laughs> Again. Um. The Reavers talk to Deathstrike like Jubilee did through the alien ghost thing, whatever's going on there. Meg sends Gambit off to save Jubes. And then Meg and Deathstrike get to take on the alien with adamantium power. Uh, slicing lots of tentacles. Surely someone wants... From the, have the rocks fallen down from the ceiling yet? I don't know. No, but there's a wait, my next line is a quote that you want to give Sam surely. I, I might have missed it. Come on, you piece of alien gutter trash! Just try I to stay in. I, I hope you well. gag. Oh, I I didn't hear that. I, I might have missed mm. what you were saying because I was trying to read back through my notes to see where we were. Has so has Scott and Jean shown up? the tunnels yet yeah 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 that's that's yeah, done yeah, yeah. oh not in the tunnels yet no 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 you oh, guys okay. missed the best part though so obviously alien gutter trash is vintage meg but then when he says just try to suck me in i hope <laughs> you gag 
Oh, Christ. Meg's on fire. Yeah, he, has, and, he has a couple yeah. of really borderline ones on this. At some point, he says, you want to absorb something? Suck on this. Oh, I've definitely got that written down. <laughs> two, that's two from Meg. He's pushing it. <laughs> um, so the X-Men turn up. Uh, Logan, what's going on? What's going on? An old friend. She wants, to, she wants me dead. Cyclops. Why am I not surprised? Dick. What a dick. No context. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Um, Mind you, things... is trying to put away his missus. <laughs> yeah. Throughout this whole episode, um, Beast seems very excited to see a spaceship. Um, I note here that Professor X's floaty chair has headlights. Oh, I didn't notice that. that oh, has... when they're in the tunnel, he turns the lights on. Oh, that's real good. Yeah. It wasn't in the original patent. <laughs> must be, yeah, this must be 2.0. That's where he's getting all his money. Professor mm. X and Beast investigate the spacecraft. Professor just starts pushing buttons like he knows what he's doing. And then he sends a message to the others. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, Spirit Drinker is a prison ship. Uh, there's a light show on the subway. Great music. Did you catch? Did you catch Beast's quote there? What was it? Did he say "fascinating" six times? Yeah, he does say that a lot. My kingdom for a Rosetta, ro- a Rosetta Stone. <laughs> so Fascinating. When I heard that, was, isn't Richard the Third studied it at school? He says, "My kingdom for a horse." Yes. But the Rosetta Stone, isn't that like a, it's like a stone that helps you understand hieroglyphics. So I thought that was like a, an, a really very thoughtful quote. That the, he, um, the thing I love about Beast is I wouldn't have he's a scientist, now. <laughs> but he's also a great lover of, of uh, literacy, you know? Um, quite often when he does this, he doesn't with uh, with Shakespeare, but quite often when he quotes, he also quotes who he's quoting. Yeah, Jane Dickinson later, or D- Jane something or other. Yeah, yeah. Emily, Dickin- Emily yeah. Dickinson, maybe. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Um, yeah, then yeah, then we get the, you want to absorb something, suck on this from Meg. Um, and somehow Gambit's staff frees everyone, question mark. Um, <laughs> distro- uh, and and it's over, oddly. Um, and um, Deathstrike, still holding a grudge, walks off to a loud gong noise. Um, and then um, Professor calls Jubilee a child um, and has visions of aliens. And then it says, coming soon, the Phoenix Saga. Any thoughts on uh, on those two episodes, lads? My last note was, this is confusing as fuck, but great setup regardless. I'm excited, but just don't know what I'm excited about. For the Phoenix Saga? <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. Yeah, lost. yeah, yeah. Lost throughout the entire Phoenix Saga too, but. I put, I'm very confused about how they defeated that enemy. Yes, same. Yeah. That's... So I'd literally somehow Gambit staff freeze everyone. Is that what happens? Yeah, well, they, there was something about adamantium being able to slice its little tentacles away. But um, so was Gambit's staff made out of adamantium in this, in this as well? 
would have no idea. I mean, it does retract in and out like the claws, so there's that factor to it. Hmm. I also put that enemy sucked. Bring back Apocalypse. Yeah, that enemy did suck. Like all the enemies or bad people or um, antagonists so far in all of the seasons and episodes have been fantastic. Like, yeah. Why have one that doesn't say anything? You know, like that's just like, yeah. It was no. a weird. It was it was weird. It's that's that part's like weird filler. But then the rest of what's going on aside from the villain and these two episodes is great. Yeah, well, it had mm. lots of Meg. I also had, um, it was a nice Calabri fl- font when it came up with the, the Phoenix Saga. It was just like this stock <laughs> standard, like almost like Times New Roman font of the Phoenix Saga. <laughs> You'll find Calabri was brand new at this point. Most people were still using Times New Roman. Or maybe fancy people were using Ariel. <laughs> Ariel? I don't know how to say that one. Um, more comic sans. Well, speaking of villains, then, what did you think of Dekin? Sam? Oh, we'll come to Dekin when we come to Dekin. Okay. Um, do you want to save your thoughts on the Phoenix Saga until the end? Yeah, got a big list. Perfect. So, the Phoenix Saga, and, and it, me and Sam discussed this off air a little bit. Um, definitely not as well regarded as the Dark Phoenix Saga, but. Um, I really enjoyed these episodes. So the Phoenix Saga Part 1 starts in space and there's bug spaceships and there's a help me Charles Xavier and he doesn't know what the voice is and is it in his mind and he's having a, he's having a dream or a, or a vision and Who what's going are on you? here? <laughs> um, and then we get some classic tractor beams and then, uh, yeah, they're coming. And then uh, he wakes everyone up with a uh, all X-Men to the war room. Everyone's in bed and comes in in their PJs. Wolverine uses his smelling powers to identify zit cream. <laughs> Not everyone comes in their PJs, though. Oh, mate, how much time do I have for Gambit coming back from a bender? <laughs> Surely he's not match fit right now. <laughs> oh, he'll be super enthusiastic into whatever they're doing, though. Yeah, um, I just love that he's in his civvies again. I had the classic Disney Plus glitch, which we can trash him again because they never came through with that sponsorship. Um, <laughs> you know, do you often get like it'll restart in a weird place once you go back to it? I never uh, stop mm. in the middle of an episode. That's yeah, that's wise, but um, yeah, I I missed from like where they get. Well, where they're in their PJs, um, and I, I missed how they ended up going wherever they're going. So I might have missed a couple of things here, so I'm interested to see your thoughts. Fine. It's fine. So, I know uh, like pops off soon, so that's good. Oh, yeah. I'll be down for that. Um, fuck you guys. Um, uh, so d- some guy called Dr. Corbo wants to study some sort of solar something or other. Um, um, is it Gambit who says, or someone says, breaking into government installations, not really our style? And I'm like, yes, it is. That's exactly what you guys do. <laughs> um, he's definitely done that before. Um, 
And so the professor's sending him on a mystery mission and it's all about what's going on. And Meg says, oh, well, it makes about as much sense as some of the other stuff we do. Yeah, he goes, because Professor X, just, they ask him why, and he's just like, I wish I could tell you. Like, that is, he's got to be the worst leader I've of any yeah. TV show I've ever seen. Yeah, he's the most yeah. annoying bad guy in the show. And then the bloody Grease, one eye, just like blindly follows him. He does little- end up going into his office uh, and, you know, like, why can't you tell us, X? Uh, I've got no time for either of them, eh? I quite like yeah. that moment uh, when he goes into the office, you know? It's like not a bit, of cons- bad, a bit before is just awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few did, similarities did like with our mate. Sorry, go on. With Gladiator, who we meet later, following De Ken. Oh, that's good. Um, what were you saying, Pat? Yeah, did you, uh, I was just thinking of things that you like. You would have been all over when Beast throws Meg over that fence without giving him any warning. <laughs> Everyone gets nicely flipped over and Meg yeah. just gets biffed over the fence. <laughs> He's real pissed off about it. Sorry, Dad. Um, I yeah, thought you would have enjoyed... A, um, sorry, Dad, I, which is a real funny mug yeah, off of say, yeah, I Scott was says, loving that. Come on, stop fooling around. Sorry, Dad. Um, I thought you guys would have really enjoyed when they were in the jet and um, it said stealth mode initiated. <laughs> oh, I miss that. It's good. Um, and then we get a subdued version of the things. Anyway, so um, Jubilee's running a decoy, which is quite actually quite good tactics here to get on. They break they in, sacrifice. trigger the alarm. They sacrifice her. <laughs> yeah, because they think she'll get off lightly. This yeah. episode is called The Sacrifice. Oh, there you go. Is it? Um, That's the one I missed. Yeah, I missed that. Um, Cyclops KOs all the astronauts, and they put on their spacesuits, and Gene uses mind tricks to convince Corbeau that the X-Men are his crew, and they're off to a satellite. And (laughs) we see a suspicious hand. They're getting in their their spacesuits, and Meg just keeps his Wolverine suit on. Like, he's got the, <laughs> yeah. the face mask on, and he puts his helmet over the top of it. I was like, yeah. oh, that is a stupid he idea. He must man. be boiling hot in there. <laughs> so just go as low, bro. Yeah, yeah. Beast says fascinating a lot, and then some random gas knocks them all out. Fascinating. And then they wake up, and Gambit pulls some cards out of his spacesuit. Um. And we meet Eric the Red from the Shi'ar. And we find out that the Shi'ar Emperor Deken is pulling the strings against Lilandra. And um, there's uh, some mind control and um, some sort of airlock uh, gets removed. And Jean uses telekinesis to save everyone. And I think you start to get the sense here that Jean's doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Mm. And I think that's quite deliberate. Sam, what were your first thoughts on uh, Eric? Uh, I had the red man's gun that looks very much like a Transformers gun. I just said, uh, Eric the Red, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> he looks real dumb. But then I quite liked him because I just kept, every time he was in there, I just kept thinking of uh, Eric from uh, Billy Madison. <laughs> Eric is a very bad man. The thing about Eric the, <laughs> Eric the Red is, is he is shit. 
but then later he kind of gets called out for it. So that kind of yeah somehow makes up for it. Yeah, they front foot it. It's like this guy sucks. Yeah, in every way, yeah. he sucks in the show. Yeah, he gets he gets sacked basically later on. <laughs> yeah, um, and so yeah, Gene's starting to kick ass, and there's a wormhole coming. Um, Eric de Red wants to intercept Lalandra. Um, Cyclops wrecks the space station after telling Meg not to. <laughs> Thought you guys would like that. Uh, Eric's keen for a Eric the Red is keen for a quiet retreat. Shuttle gets away, and Eric's after the Shi'ar cruiser. Look like they're going to be a barbecue, and we're going to be the main course. Um, yeah, Gambit. Damn it. <laughs> Guys love Gambit. Uh, the radiation um, shuttle thing that's in the in the shuttle can protect them from outrageous power readings, but someone has to fly the shuttle. And so Gene steals for that beast, like the solar probe, of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, he also oh, says oh. fascinating about ten times on the in this episode. Um, fascinating. Um, Gene steals Corbo's knowledge of how to fly the ship and then um, is going to use a psychokinetic shield to protect herself. Cyclops doesn't want her to do it, so she knocks him out. Um, and then yeah, to be continued. All on board with, uh, one eye sacrifice. Definitely on board with that. Great. Fuck you guys. Gene leaves, um, leaves Meg with a kiss at the end as well. Gene eye. Don't try to stop me, Logan. I wasn't. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Meg's real chafed at being in space as well. Like that looks awesome. Everyone, yeah. anyone, everyone, and anyone would love to be in that spaceship, flying around, seeing aliens and stuff. And he's just angry about it the whole time. <laughs> uh, remember that, Pat. We'll come back to that at the end. Um, and here we get our to be continued, and there's a big firebird. Obviously, alluding to the Phoenix. This next episode, The Dark Shroud, is definitely my least favourite. And I remember hating it as a child as well. Um, anyway, as we were. So we get flashes of the Phoenix. Scott, Logan, someone help me. And the Phoenix flames go inside her. Um, she regains control of the ship and it lands in New York Harbour. The X Men escape the hatch, but there's no gene. I don't, and I don't no one can find as Gene uh, tried to pull off a Sully in the Hudson. <laughs> I wrote down Hudson and then realized that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> um, and no one can find her. And then a big fiery flaming Phoenix and green comes out. I am Phoenix. And then passes out. Gene's uh, in hospital and doesn't remember anything and feels strange. Uh, some sort of transformation has taken place here. It's good from you, Professor. Did you catch Beef Beast's Mufti? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is outstanding. <laughs> you, What's he what wearing? Are, it's a Howard the Duck t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Apparently that's a George Lucas film. Right. So, yeah, so Howard the Duck is like... In Marvel Comics, but maybe not originally. I'm not sure. But yeah, um, there's an awful, awful 80s Howard the Duck movie um, that uh, 
let's be honest that Elizabeth Shue has sex with an alien puppet duck in it. I think. Fourteen. I don't think you see it. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. If only it was a decade later, we could review it for one of the other podcasts. <laughs> but we won't because we're true to our word, and we wish yeah. it was only the nineties. Um, yeah. So there's a I got a lot of time for this argument between Cyclops and Professor X over whose fault it is. Just a couple of average leaders going at it, blaming each other. Yeah, shake his bloody hover chair, yeah. would you, and I? Um, Beast leaves to study mind control devices, and Meg is kicking trash cans. Is Beast hangs on the ceiling at that point. He hangs. He flips around a bit. That's on the oh, way out, isn't it? Yeah, he's like, hey, he hangs from the ceiling and then just gets down and goes off. I was like, well, why can't you just stand there? <laughs> There's a bit of weird and then he like, said you- stuff from Beast like that. Like, even when they broke into that um, place to get the spaceship, he lags behind for some reason and then, like, reels them in by bouncing off the walls. <laughs> like, why wasn't he just keeping <laughs> up to start with? <laughs> he's quite often seen in his lab hanging upside down, mixing uh, chemicals upside down. Um, and he says to Logan, perhaps a soldier into a Manhattan night spot might help clear your mind. Um, How disappointed were you that this didn't happen? Very gutted. This could have been a whole that a lot I more. Done, I could have done five, a five-part episode of Hank McCoy and Meg Griffin out on the town. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly would have preferred it over the remaining moments of this episode. <laughs> um, so... Um, Professor's on the hospital roof and he gets a mind probe and he sees a big crystal in an alien spaceship person thing. And then he produces a psychic projection of his evil self. And I hate that character. It cuts yeah. to Logan. He's on the train. He sees Mariko, and, um, but it's the prof. And then we get cameos of Sabretooth and Deadpool and the prof blasts Meg out of a train. You're an animal. Um, gives him a real serve and. Meg nearly gets hit by a train. The X-Men um, love a, a train fight. Really well known mm. for their train fights and all, all aspects, movies, TV. They love it. Get on the trains, have a scrap. Um, and then it cuts to Gambit and uh, Jubilee in line to, to see a show or a movie or something. And he, Gambit starts hitting on some bird. And Jubilee's like, hey, you're going to take me to see this. This show gone last all night, ain't gone last all night, Petit, <laughs> but I still be going. <laughs> oh, can um, He can't and turn then it the off prop- at any point. He's meant to be looking after <laughs> Jubilee and taking. I thought he was with Rogue. I don't think they're. Uh, I don't think they're official. He's oh, just certainly certainly not exclusive. Oh, oh. I don't know. I quite like Gumbo. Um, oh, don't be racist, pro- man. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Can we edit that part out? <laughs> <laughs> Professor turns up and blasts Jubilee and Gambit and just blah, blah, blaring on about how they suck. And um, Storm gets summoned. And then um, smelling powers. I know he ain't real because I can't smell him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hashtag smell powers. 
Nah, you missed. Let mist, yeah. let <laughs> mist cover your retreat. It was great. I got that down. Come on, let's get lost in the fog. Um, he and then he attacks Scott uh, in the hospital, and um, Gene uses Phoenix powers to remove him. Uh, something's wrong. His mind's out of control. We get a shot of Eric the Red watching. Eric. Xavier is the key. You're giving the company to Eric? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, professor giving over. So Professor and then prof- so Professor's fixed because of the Phoenix. He gives over leadership to Psych while he goes to Muir Island for psychiatric help. And he meets Banshee, Moira's fiance. And I think Professor's a little bit chafed to see this. You glassed over one part of uh, mo- more evil Xavier is like, do you reckon part of that part of his evil sort of talk was a little bit what he thought oh like i think that gets said uh, i think it... he calls one eye incompetent or an incompetent fool it's like i wonder if he actually thinks that i think he says when he regains himself he's like my deepest deepest darkest parts of me so yeah. i think it's what he's saying is legit yeah i started liking professor x a little bit after he said that one eye was oh, yeah, I've got this is a Professor X I can get behind. Yeah. Slightly more evil Professor X. Um, he still gives leadership to Psych, so fuck you guys. Muir Island, isn't uh isn't bad guy bar around there? Isn't bad yeah, guy bad guy yeah, bad guy bar around maybe Eric the Red should have popped in there. <laughs> um Pyro's yeah, so, on his on his fifth fire whiskey. Um Banshee is always one of my favourite characters in X-Men lore because he's an Irishman named Sean. Mm. Um, uh, we get a, and then uh, we get another mind spasm with the alien and then Lilandra is in his room from the Shi'ar and they have some Imkran crystal chat. Boy, this is... <laughs> and um, Deken wants it as a weapon. And then we get images of worlds being destroyed. Lilandra stole the crystal. After Lelandra and Professor X discuss being in love, guess who's back, baby? Fresh from a few pints at Bad Guy Bar. It's the Juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> the name's Norm- Juggernaut, dear brother. Norman, the great white man, great white man eating <laughs> sharks, back. Yeah. And um, that's the end of the episode. And then uh, part three, Cry of the Banshee. And off the bat, can I say the Cry of the Banshee is on a par with rogues screeching for ear-piercing pain. Oh, you missed it. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of screaming in the last... X, uh, Professor X screams at some point on Muir Island. I think he's in the... When in he's the, having in room. mind probes and... And my wife, Phil, was in the kitchen as I was watching that. And she was like, what the hell are you watching? That sounds awful. <laughs> she, if Eleanor, our daughter, ever grows up and watches cartoons like that, I'll be devastated. <laughs> I thought that was quite oh, good. No. So cry of the Bantry. Moira's prof's only friend. We get that little dialogue. Um, and then when Juggernaut's beating up on uh, Professor X, he says, this is more fun than bumper cars. <laughs> Thrown around the floaty chair. He makes some sort of reference to being spanked like he kind of wanted to be. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know who um, was X's half-brother. Oh, yeah. It didn't come up last time S- Dagonaut was there, right? Step-brothers? Step like step 
Yeah, I feel like we did. They're stepbrothers. Oh, stepbrothers. I got it's in that. the flash. It's in the. It's in the flashback. It's like um, Professor X's mum, and oh, so Professor X's dad and Juggernaut's dad were like mates or whatever, and then Professor X's dad died, and then Juggernaut's old man moved in on Professor X's old lady. Shit! What episode was this in? The Juggernaut one. All right, we have to rewatch that one. Nah, it's all right. I've given you the gist of it, and then we get our first. <laughs> then we get our first look at um, uh, poorly named villain Black Tom Cassidy, a white <laughs> Irishman. Hold on, hold on. We're glossing over something here. So, X gets thrown out the window. Yep. And I didn't know his name was Banshee. Yep. Banshee does that hilarious scream. Yeah! <laughs> is that is that him? Does he have to do that to to fly or something? He's got yeah. sonic scream powers, and they can make him fly. <laughs> oh, how annoying would that be? Yeah. What's interesting about that? He he is literally he is literally in like issue seven or eight or something like that of the X Men in the sixties. What a bizarre! And then, bizarre. well, I mean, he's a, gr- a great example of a uh, drawn slash written form character being impossible to translate to uh, audio visual media or like yeah audio media if you have screaming powers. <laughs> I think they've done it brilliantly. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was quite good. Yeah, he um, he's really cool in the comics because so he's like a mind controlled villain, and then he's like a sometimes ally, and then um, in the giant size X Men one, which we've talked about a couple of times, he's one of the new recruits, and he's like a bit of an elder statesman. He's been he's you know like older than most of the team, and bit of a wise wise Irish head on the X Men. I wonder if um, any of our four listeners could, could uh, send me what it looks like in the comics when he's screaming. Yeah. I believe it's just like kind of like what it looks like in this like big circly zeros flying out of his mouth. Oh, okay. It's not like a speech bubble that says Y E E E E E A A. Oh, no, there is that as well. There is that as that. There is that. Yeah. Listeners, throw it in the slacks. Good stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Jugs throws him out the window and Banshee saves him with his sonic scream flying powers. Um, Moira treating Xavier like an idiot, which is fair. And, an um, mm. and then it cuts the gene in the hospital having Phoenix moments. She's in a coma. Uh, Rogue feels guilty. Gambit's got his pony out. Um, Meg, Meg gives Psyche a good serve. Um, Moira thinks he's having delusions. They get this message from Prof to come and help them or whatever. And uh, Moira's saying, no, nah, don't worry about it. He's just having delusions. And he did say, don't come and help me. Um, but then Sykes says, Wolverine's right. The professor's story needs to be checked out. Kama goes, I don't believe my ears. <laughs> um. And then um, Black Tom 
uh, has an awesome sort of Irishy Gaelicy theme song when he's in the room, like and they, we cut to what? We, yeah, I liked it as well. And then it cuts to what is known as Cassidy Keep, a castle on a on another um, shoreline. Everything's on a shoreline. Um, Eric the Red turns up looking for Lelandra. Eric and um, Juggernaut. <laughs> Juggernaut manhandles Eric, and that's mint. So Eric <laughs> agrees to pay the ransom. And then the X-Men turn up to Muir Island. Banshee well, and Meg. He tries not to pay them. And then yeah. the Juggernaut just, like, just manhandles and is like, no, nah, you're paying. Mm. And they get 10 million bucks. Great gig. Mm-hmm. So it's worth pointing out at this point for Sam and our dear listeners. Black Tom Cassidy and Juggernaut are best mates in the comics. Oh, okay. And it's like this weird, enduring friendship, despite them being villains and, and, and whatnot, and quite often going their separate ways. They're actually always there for each other and in quite sweet ways. It's quite a nice little friendship. Um, got a lot of time for it. Sounds like another spinoff. Yeah, I'm up for that. Get Black Tom in the bar. Black Tom and... Bad guys bar. They can be in the yeah. They can be in bad guy bar division of Cheers. Yeah, as like a, like only as a duo the... as well. Yeah. <laughs> Guest starring Juggernaut and Black Tom. Um. Yeah. So Banshee and Meg have a few words. It's quite nice. Good to see. Um. Back to the keep. I'm pretty sure he was after $10,000. It's not that big of a ransom or a fee, all <laughs> things considered. Um, Juggs delivers Lalandra to Eric the Red. Lalandra sends a mind message to the prof. Uh, Wolverine sniffs out Juggernaut with his smelling powers and two others, including a non-human, confirming the pr- professor's yarns. His smell powers are really highlighted this season. There's a lot of, like, just... Him yeah. sniffing, and then it either confirms or denies whatever's happening. Yeah. You'd, 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 you need confirming to... the break in a eh? like he's like that's yeah. got to be a good maybe an hour later he's still picking yeah. up yeah. in the last. Oz. I don't know if it's Brilliant. the last episode or I think it's oh yeah oh that's yeah when he goes I know he ain't real because I can't smell him. Yeah, that was great. I love that. Yeah. Um... <laughs> You would love. You should probably read some Wolverine comics, Sam, just for the artwork of his nose scrunching mm. and the sniff, sniff out the sides. Um, yeah, so I anyway, um, so uh, and then um, Professor X describes a crest that he saw, and it's the Cassidy family crest, and Banshee knows where they are because it's his keep. Um, kind of like I know uh, where he is. He's at the family batch. <laughs> <laughs> and then Banshee and some other of the X Men who can fly take them over to Cassidy Keep. Um, real underestimating or real lack of appreciation in this episode. For I assume Cassidy Keeps an island. So they've gone from Scotland to Ireland because Muir Island's off the coast of Scotland. Um, that's I a big flight. That. Yeah. And and Meg's hating that flight. He's getting carried <laughs> by Banshee and he's Banshee. covering his ears. 
With a mouth, With a mouth like, like yours. Like... Oh, you go, you go. Everyone's got this one down, yeah. With a mouth oh. like yours. Should have just tried sneaking in here with a marching band. <laughs> that was great. That was great. And she says, if you think that's bad, you should hear me sing. <laughs> and then we find out that Black Tom and Banshee are brothers. I'm pretty sure in the comics they're cousins, but I'll allow it. Um, I've got, I've got, I've got one, I've got one note here that can, like, we love giving all the main characters a nickname, and our old mate Meg gives Professor X a good one in this, like, just before they fly off. I'm sure it's the only time I've heard him refer to him as Chuck. Mm. I think Chuck's that. I think Xavier is definitely Chuck from now on. I like it. <laughs> Chuck's definitely his. Um, he calls him Chuck a lot in the comics. Because it's like Meg's way of being colloquial with someone who's real formal all the time. You know, like Cyclops would only ever call him the professor. Yeah, Me- Meg knows how to break down social barriers. Mm. Um, and then we have a bit of a scrap. Um, and Rogue says, hands off, fat boy. It's a juggernaut. Are they trying to uh, save a Lalandra at this point? Yeah. And then um, someone asks, I said, someone says, asks who they're looking for. And Meg's like, she's from another galaxy. You see a woman you don't know, rescue her. <laughs> um, yeah. You could be pointing someone in the wrong direction there. Very badly. <laughs> <laughs> what if Black Tom was a bird? Um, and, um, so Banshee and Black Tom's powers don't work on each other. Um, so they have to have a fist fight, which is actually how Cyclops and his brother's powers work as well, which is interesting. Brotherly powers not working for some reason. Does that happen with the McSweeney's as well? (laughs) For sure. Um, and, um, just these graphics again, that, that fist fight, real shiny graphics. Um, and then uh, Eric uses some sort of ice bomb uh, to, to, to stop everyone. And then the music starts. And then we cut to space. And somebody is flying in. No spaceship required. Gladiator from the Praetorian Guard. And he arrives... The Emperor comes soon. And Eric is Eric the Red is an absolute wreck at this point. Like the Emperor's coming. So they see an Empire Strikes Back. We shall double our efforts. Just absolute panic. Um and Gladiator absolutely dispatches Juggernaut. And we get the he's pretty much Superman at this point. Yeah, he is blue punk Superman, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Eye lasers and freezy breath powers, just the works. Got it all. Um, Professor has a mind panic that wakes up Gene and the Phoenix takes off via space to Cassidy Keep. And then the Phoenix turns up and we re- realise that the Phoenix is an even bigger power than Gladiator. So, holy shit. Yeah, um, I found that quite weird. They sh- like just built up this guy like, wow, this guy is powerful. Then like 20 seconds later, oh, no, there's something else that's more powerful already. Oh. Yeah, it feels like that could have been at the start of the next episode. So, like, yeah. leave you hanging on how powerful Gladiator is for a minute. Just enjoy that. Um, I've just written here that Gene gives him a Phoenix torture back rub. 
<laughs> I just got, I'm really confused. And then, yeah, so Phoenix is the child of the crystal or guardian of it or something or other, and Deken's on his way and he looks like an awful bloke. Do you need me to explain anything before we continue, Sam? Lots of things, but um, I actually don't think it's going to help. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty it is pretty convoluted. I think we'll get to the end of it and we can rehash or if we need to. Um, because I don't really necessarily have questions, just kind of statements, and you can take them or leave them. Good. <laughs> right. So uh, Lilandra has no ship, but Phoenix is. Uh, it's um can can take them and given our vibes that it's not even Jean, it's just the Phoenix. Um, is she kind of switching between? Mm, maybe because sort of oh yeah I yeah that very confusing and i didn't enjoy the way the phoenix talked i feel like she was stepping on Storm's yeah toes. yeah very <laughs> um very i don't know like just giving commands almost and like monotone and anyway uh, um blackbird arrives with the rest of the x-men and um, Cyclops is like, what's going on? And Meg says, she's all right, psych. Best I can tell. <laughs> um, the Phoenix asks Scott to prepare the others to prepare for the battle to save the galaxy. Uh, billion star systems or something or other. So it's time to go. We get a nice couple of cameos of people across the world. The uh, We see Captain Britain. Um, we see the Hellfire Club, including Emma Frost, getting a little bit of a mind probe of what's going on, which will actually be important later. And surely you fizzed, Pat, for that little Doctor Strange moment in the Sanctum Sanctorum. I think something happened in it. I missed it. I missed all those. Uh, Did you actually watch the episodes, Pat? 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not 100%, sounds like about 80% of the episodes. Ah, I had a couple of issues with this restarting. Uh, I can't believe are. you missed Strange. He's your fave. Yeah, I'm going to go back and watch that. It's um, literally like two seconds of Strange, but it's worth it. Um, and so Jean leaves Banshee, Moira, Professor, Jubilee, and Storm behind. I feel like, St why would you leave Storm behind? I know. She's one of your most powered team members. And flies them all to a random spaceship with the M Kran crystal. And um, Rogue's pretty impressed by it. You like it, Cher? I'll get you one for Christmas. <laughs> um, Phoenix senses another ship and they all get taken out really easily, which is weird because the Phoenix just kicked Gladiator's ass. It seems to be like when she uses her powers heaps, she has to go through a little bit of a rebooting phase. Yeah, a bit like Rogue. Mm. Um, and we meet Corsair and the Star Jammers. They meant, and they are after the crystal as well. And Pat, you know, I'm excited. You know, I fizz for a bit of Corsair. It's great stuff. Who's Corsair? He's, He's the leader of the, the Star pirate. Jammers, the space pirate like? with the great Mo. Oh yeah, and the headband. And, yeah, and he ends up like befriending them in the end. Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, I, I, at the end, he's like, I loved working with you. Mm. Major oh, Christopher Summers. 
you immediately How many of these... like him. Even when he like comes on as a bad guy, you like him. He's so good. <laughs> yeah, he is real cool. How many of these characters are mutants? The, the Starjammers? Yeah. None. They're aliens. Except for Corsair as a human. So who's the like the gremlin looking one? What's he an alien? Chode. <laughs> Chode. What? Lizard lips. Yeah, Chode's an alien. Okay, I'm real confused. I just yeah, with between So the, the Star Jammers is just alien, a bunch of aliens. And... The okay. only mutants in these episodes are the X Men. Everyone okay. else is an alien. Right, that's good to know. And therefore not important really, except for the main ones, which are Corsair, Dakin, Lilandra. And maybe Gladiator. That's cool. Um, so we, so there's a bit of a scrap with the Star Jammers, and Hepzibah literally like meows like a cat during yeah, a fight. That was classic. <laughs> that weirded me out. <laughs> that eh? That's that's one for the furry fans. <laughs> um, and Jean does a little mind probe and start stops Cyclops from taking out Corsair because. Corsair is Cyclops's father. What? Yeah, she she says that really like weirdly. Like I'm pretty sure he's in earshot still when she says it, but she's like, I can't tell him, and it just doesn't make any sense why she can't tell him. She yeah, maybe she wants it to unfold naturally, or she just you know. But yeah, she's she's good for not telling that at, because at, at, at this point, but at this point, neither of them know that. Uh, one another are uh, father and son. So if she leaves it, how does she know it's going to come up? So at this point in time, Jean knows that Cable is their son and hasn't told Scott, and Corsair is his father and hasn't told him that either. Oh, sorry. Secrets are real. Do we see Jean finding this out? Or yeah, because when she... No, nah, she mind probes. And she gets uh, this really brief flash of a plane crash and two boys flying, uh, falling out with parachutes. And that's Scott and Alex Summers, Corsair's sons. There's a bit, and I can't remember whether it's your mate Corsair, I can't remember who says it, two Cyclops who says, do you have any children? And then there's like mm-hmm. a, a pause and Cyclops is like, oh, no. except Cable. Yeah, but he doesn't know yet. No, so that was I thought that was really good by the um by the writers. Yeah. And what's also really good is we don't what they don't know that they're actually having a father son conversation. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um Corsair is what all it says to me is that with Corsair's attitude, if he'd bit stuck around or sorry, he didn't stuck around because he got captured by aliens and taken into space and never returned to Earth because he thought his sons had died. Um, but if he'd been able to raise Cyclops, he'd be a lot more swashbuckling and a lot less of a nerd that Professor X turned him into. Um, right, so where are we? Um, they take... So the, the Starjammers get away. They use a stun blast and get it set to human. And the Star Jammers are like, we can't do that, Corsair. He's like, don't worry, just do it. So telling us that Corsair is a human. He's from Earth. Because it knocks him out as well. Um, and they take Cyclops with them as a weapon. Um, and um, so then it cuts to Gladiator and Eric the Red reporting to Deken. 
into Ken is like, the Phoenix is only a legend. Um, and I was like, this is the first time we see all of the Ken. He's like really bug-like in his costume. He's got like fly wings and he's all over the shop. Um, of course, and then it cuts the Corsair and Cyclops having chats. And um, Corsair wants Cyclops to end to Ken for killing his wife. And they have this they have this sort of chat about um, wouldn't you do it for you know the woman you loved and Cyclops is like I won't take a man's life. It's like you would for Jean. We know it. You're always moaning and whining about her. <laughs> um, and then it cuts back to wherever the X Men are, and I just really enjoy Meg pacing around, getting bent up, not being able to do anything. Mm. And Gambit's just flicking cards into a empty space helmet um and then it turns out Corsair's on a bit of a suicide mission and more more chats between him and Scott and he says after he says do you have any children or whatever he says my oldest boy he had his mother's eyes and that's when I started tearing up <laughs> talking about <laughs> Cyclops' eyes I. Yeah, one eye. Cyclops' eye. Just means if he didn't have that blasted visor on, maybe Corsair would know it's his son. Anyway, the Phoenix appears just as the Imperial Guards are about to take out Scotty and Corsair, and random non theme song battle music ensues. Uh, Rogue, uh, and then, yeah, the big battle happens. Just not, yeah, fight, 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 fight. And then they're escaping. Um, and Rogue uh, Beast is trying to hold a door open from closing and then Meg lends a hand and then Rogue just comes and do it, does it easy peasy I quite like that moment that was great um, and then they get to the bridge of the spaceship and Deken has the crystal and is unlocking its power and he kind of just becomes a big stony man and then we get to Phoenix yeah. 5 Ch- Child of Light Oh, I had one note I just like was when Cyclops was in all those restraints and stuff with the Star Jammers, they look hard out like the um, restraints on the Captain Marvel movie with uh, that um, when Carol Danvers is locked up. It's got those big fist things. Oh, yeah, to stop the um, blasty hands. That looks familiar. More plagiarism. heaps Heaps of movies. It's great stuff. Sam's sitting there going, what's a Captain Marvel movie? (laughs) Uh, Nearly, nearly. Um, So uh, Captain Marvel would be a great movie for Eleanor, mate, you know. Nice to see a powerful female superhero leading kicking ass. Um, Anyway, so Dekin's becoming indestructible. He takes out the X-Men easily, and then he sort of goes inside the crystal. He's he is one with the crystal. You fools. Um, Your foolishness amuses me. Terrible line. Yeah, I don't I'm not a big fan of Dekin. But he's not the main thing here either, I don't think. I think it's more about the Phoenix. Anyway. Um nobody can do anything but the Phoenix. Um just a big fiery bird flying through space. Cosaur in the oh, sorry, Corsair. Corsair? Corsair, Corsair. Corsair and the X-Men end up back on the Star Jammer. Uh, Jean ends up getting sucked into the crystal as well. 
And then uh, everything's getting sucked into the crystal, and there are environmental disturbances all over Earth. The sun is fading away. <laughs> a black hole like. F- a bunch of weird shit that's just dragging on. It's quite boring, but it, it heats up at the end of the episode. I thought the sun was turning into an eye. Hmm. Did look like that. But it was just for a moment, I was like, ugh. It's Jubilee, Professor X, and um, Moira, you know, back on comfy earth. And and Professor X is just like, uh, it must be the Mkron crystal. It's like, why must it be the Mkron crystal, Professor X? How does he know? No, I don't know. He's telepathically linked to his new missus, I guess. Yeah, that's right. He has you- some hookups with her, eh? Yeah, oh, that's, that's at the end. It's <laughs> great. Yeah, um, this yeah. So there's all stuff going on. <laughs> Hang on, Cher. If this be our last ride, we take it together. He thinks they're about to die. He's still trying to have a crack. <laughs> yeah, um, they all get sucked inside the crystal, and inside the crystal, Dakin is like God. He could just do whatever he wants. He's melting boulders. He's controlling the land. And then you get a shot of Phoenix, and it just looks like she's actually melted. It's very disturbing and not moving. Lilandra pleads with the Ken, but he's just laughing maniacally. He, he wastes to, Gladiator. He wants to destroy the galaxy here. Yeah, or suck it all into his new galaxy or something. I don't know. He says, I want to destroy the galaxy. Like, what has happened to Ken that he wants to destroy the entire galaxy? He's been corrupted by the crystal, Sam. Power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. I don't know about that. <laughs> That's definitely a thing. Uh, um, okay. Where are we up to? Lilandra pleads with Dakin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Uh, he smashes, he's all over Gladiator. Um, then we get some oh, cameos. We get Sam's like waking up on top of Avro. Yeah. <laughs> if, if this is death. <laughs> It's not so bad, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. She's suitably unimpressed. Oh, yeah, she's not. Um, uh, then we get some Earth cameo Sunfire. We get Spider-Man's hand throwing out a little thwip and War Machine and Alpha Flight. Uh, everyone's struggling. Um, and then it's back on the thing and Dakin's still indestructible. And then the Phoenix rises. Gets everyone out of the crystal. Um, and Ken seems a bit rattled by the Phoenix. And the Phoenix says, Jean was chosen for her empathetic abilities. Which is odd. Um, and then I've just written a note saying, fuck off, Meg. Um, hey. oh, it's just trying to get in with Jean at the last minute there. And she gives him a little peck on the cheek, sends him away. And then she does a weird... F- flying, fiery, pashy thing with Scott, which is also weird. But obviously I'm here for it. Um, And then Jean uses all the X-Men's characteristics to give her strength, which is weird, but I thought the imagery of all the X-Men was quite cool. It was very cool, I thought. Yeah, Weller was getting very emotional watching this scene about an hour ago. Um, And then we're back on Muir Island. And the X-Men have won, Professor X exclaims. At what cost? The phoenix goes to take the crystal into the heart of the sun, where she and the crystal will have to remain to ensure it doesn't 
blah, blah, blah. Everyone's crying. Even I'm crying. And then the X-Men are back on Mirror Island after Jean's sacrifice. Lalandra wants Professor X to go with her, but he can't until there is peace between mutants and humans. Corsair and Scott have a nice little moment. Um, X and Lalandra. Yep. Um, Meg reveals he still carries that photo of Scott and Jean. Yeah, that little, it's all ripped up, got cum stains on it. <laughs> <laughs> Just to peel it apart. <laughs> uh, Professor X gives oh, Cyclops a Phoenix chat about hope never dying and rising from the ashes, and and we're done. I'm going to save you, Sam. What do you think, Pat? You like the Phoenix saga? Uh, I liked parts of it. Um, I really liked the parts with uh, Juggernaut and uh, Black Tom Cassidy and just the fact that that absolutely hopeless prick, Eric, had to like pay off a couple of <laughs> earthbound bad guys to try and get the job done. Um, Funny, because I think as a child, I preferred the space stuff, but I think it's just because like, being in so space well. is cool. Although Star, the Star Jammers are cool. Star Jammers are really cool. Oh, I love the Star Jammers. Of course it is, man. meowing was fucking outstanding, too. <laughs> Hepsibar. Go, oh, all right, Sam, unleash. Just on the last seven episodes in particular, we talked to, uh, just, we'll start with some positives. Um, I noticed the theme music creeping in a lot more. Well, probably not a lot more, but in different ways. So it would come in like slow. Um, like a, a different tempo, uh, it would be like a, a different kind of theme music. It would still be the theme music, but it would it would be playing in a different way, yeah, um, which yeah, I really, right. really liked. Mm. Um, did talk about the animations, and I really liked Professor X's face, especially when he turned evil, and it was like the, the shadows on his face. I just thought it looked really cool. Um, so those are two things. more evil. What's that? When he turned yeah, more, more evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The more evil, evil the Chuck. Good. I would call him the good Professor X, the evil <laughs> Um The skipping serves. It was good going through it with, 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 you obviously have a little bit more of a understanding of the Phoenix saga. Um, I, I thought it did a poor job of explaining a lot of the plot line. Uh, like, it's like this the, the way that Professor X just like can't explain why they need to go to space. Like just doesn't foot it for me. Um I don't know whether like I noticed that the comic there's eight comics. I feel like they've probably missed out some stuff when turning it into the T V series. It could be wrong. Ah uh, yeah, it's fair. Um it's confusing adding so many characters. I know they weren't important, but there was like different bad guy every episode and as you said like one guy has about a 20 second reign and then he's gone um, and i was confused whether they were aliens or mutants or whatever um phoenix is badass professor x professor x is insufferable and makes no sense the entire time um I think this is where uh, the crystal confused me. Didn't know what the hell was going on with the crystal. Just the classic MacGuffin, right? Just the big, powerful space thing to have a reason to do stuff. I think this is probably where I need to say, like, 
and it, and listening to you, Sean, I'm the complete opposite. Like, I have just this underlying is preclusion the right word? Where I don't like things to do with space. Ah. So, funnily enough, I'm like Meg. I would hate being on a spaceship. Like you are Meg. I think it would be cool, but I think I, like after 30 minutes, I'd be like, oh my God, get me the fuck off this. I'm a little bit like that with a boat as well and a plane. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I just, so like, I am not a big Star fan. I'm not a big Star Trek fan. Um, so I think that's probably part of the reason I didn't really enjoy these episodes. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, so, so like in terms of the movies, because the X-Men have got quite a lot to do with space in the comics. They've got a long-standing history with the Shi'ar Empire and going to space. And I thought this does a really good job of showing the X-Men in space and just being like, what, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, how we, how have we ended up in space? Heaps of the comic book fans have always been like, you've made how many X-Men movies? Why won't you take them to space? Um, but I see where you're coming from. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. One more. One more thing, in like going forward, like I think obviously Gene's going to come back, and obviously there's the, the, the Dark Phoenix saga as well. Um, but I'm hoping One Eye becomes uh, like that mate who gets out of a long term relationship and is suddenly fun again. Uh, <laughs> I, hope, I hope that's <laughs> perfect. I, yeah, I, I kind of hope that's what happens to him going forward. I do there. believe there's an episode where Scott goes night clubbing. Yeah, I'd love to see him and Meg and, and Hank go to a bar, bad guy bar. Surely, surely, bar, surely Gambit bar. needs to take him under his wing on a bender. <laughs> and and last last point for the people list, uh, following along at home, and who haven't watched X Men like myself, I've realised to follow the storyline well, I can't watch too many episodes in a row because. Because I don't know why, I just like, I think, because I watched... They start merging together a bit? Well, yeah, no, and so I tried to watch the five Phoenix Saga ones all together as kind of one episode. And I got to the fourth, and I did four in a row, and then did watch the fifth one. And by the fourth episode, I was like so confused. And But then the fifth episode, I got a little bit, a lot more out of it. Um, I, was, I just couldn't follow along very well by watching so many episodes in a row. Do, you, do we do i need to give you the gist of it or do we not need to bother i think you talking through it helped i mean i was in my notes Aye. i had him being called decanter at some point so um i was not paying close enough attention obviously yeah yeah well i think um, uh, after that massive slate of not being able to follow anything was that was happening was good time to say we hit up a pretty uh good good like on our socials with two of the writers of the show giving us a like over our socials eric and julia leewald so hopefully they didn't get to the end of this podcast to hear it slated (laughs) (laughs) no i like i didn't not enjoy it i just like these other stuff i I don't think it's i don't know if it's well like everyone revels in it um but yeah i just didn't enjoy it as much as other episodes like i like the first two episodes better I think with this watch back through, yeah, I was like, I think even in one of my notes was like, if Sam's still following at this point, I'll be amazed. Because I was like, 
I've read heaps of this stuff as well, and I'm like, what? Wait, what are they doing now? Why are they here? Mind you, I obviously didn't miss little bits and pieces. I think, and for, for, I don't know whether it's. I might have, I might have been short of 100 of uh, all the viewing on each episode. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the last two, I was busy fudging my taxes for my tax gen back. <laughs> I think yeah. I, obviously I've read and watched this stuff a lot, so I do know. So I don't even really bother paying attention to like the Shia stuff because I just sort of know. I'm just watching for the the Phoenix stuff, the character moments and stuff like that because that stuff still gets me, you know, like running through it, there's lots of little moments between characters that I'm like, yeah, this is mint. You know, like Gambit and Rogue, for good or ill. Um, Scott and Jean, Jean and Meg, like all that stuff still goes on. It's just in space, so I, I'm okay with it. But then I look at it and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I don't know most of the Starjammers' names. I've got no time or care for the Imperial Guard or whatever they're called. I only know Gladiator. Um, is that Fire one? Pat, that you might have noticed, who I think may or may not have been a Herald of Galactus at one point. I don't know. But, like, it's just, yeah. Okay. I understand. Unfortunately for you, Sam, the Shia will definitely be back, but definitely in a different context, so it might be better for you. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in deep. I'm enjoying it still. Meg is me, basically. Um, well, I think... For the for the dark Phoenix saga, we might try and figure out how to do it all together. So it might be uh Yeah, that would be awesome. As well. That would be amazing. Um so next episode. Yeah. No mutant as an island. You guys aren't gonna like that. Uh Obsession, Long Shot, and Savage Land, Savage Hearts Part One and Two. Okay, so I think Disney Plus sends us straight to Savage Land after this. Yeah, so dear listeners, make sure you check out our viewing order because this is this is real hickledy pickledy Disney Plus stuff. And, Savage um, Land, mention you're going it. To Savage Lands. Oh, I assume so. Magneto Bat. Ah, oh, mate, look, I can't remember. No spoilers. <laughs> it, as a, as a as a child, I didn't revel in the Savage Land. I thought it was a bit weird. Um, I did too, but I really like it now. Yeah, same. More Kazar. Yeah. Um, but as Pat mentioned, you know, we are really blowing up on the socials at the moment. So if you want to follow us, we're pretty much, uh, well, we're Instagram and Twitter at WIWT90S. Wish it was the 90s. Um, we've also got a Facebook group, but no one's in it, so don't worry about it. Um, and um, we follow along, even just to you know see the experience of like a bunch of guys that don't really know how to operate any of those things, trying to give it a crack. yeah. Last two month, uh, two months, two weeks has been a real eye opener into the world of reels mm, yeah, you've been and how they well work. Well. Yeah, yeah, really well. But if you like our reels, maybe just follow us as well. Mm. <laughs> Um, you'll get more. You'll get more. And if you're, and obviously you're here, you've stuck it out this far. You're listening. Rate us, review us if you can. We want to be the greatest podcast in the world. And sitting at about two hundred downloads, we've got a bit of work to go. <laughs> <laughs>
any other final thoughts before we sign off out of this thing? No. Sign us uh, off. Mission accomplished, buddy. Let's go home.